You know, the other day I went for dinner with a friend and next to us one couple was sitting and they were not apparently speaking. So my friend remarked that, look at that couple, how boring it must be. So I said, why? So he said, because they have nothing to talk about. They must be bored in their marriage. So I looked at them, but somehow I felt that that was not necessarily so. Because, you know, we have this concept that we must be engaging in talk all the time, which needn't be so. It's so nice to see two people together where there's no need for words to be exchanged all the time. You're simply enjoying not only each other's presence, but the presence. But it has become a kind of epidemic, this just sheer talking all the time. That is why you also find some people who are not comfortable going to social parties or gatherings because it is not their nature, you see. Because beyond a point when talk is about movies, which holidays and vacations you went on, which restaurants you visited, which is a lot of surface talk, which has its role to play. But if it's just that, then some people do not resonate with that. And that is why they feel they don't belong there. But this is not something which should be perceived as a negative. It is social conditioning which makes people feel that they must be talkative, they mustn't be quiet, but one should go with what one's true nature is. Maharaj himself used to say that, I remember one phrase, speechlessness befits the great man. He would even say, realized people are very quiet. Now, of course, he did not refer to only that they spoke less. He even referred to the internal chatter, the stillness inside. See, Eckhart Tolle had put this across brilliantly. He said that sometimes when we see people on the road jabbering away and we label them as mad, we are actually more guilty of that madness because Ours is covert. Ours is going on inside. That chatter is going on inside our own head. There at least they are who they are. So we have to be careful when we label such people as crazy because we are all guilty of that crime. Which is the nature of the mind. But coming back to being quiet in a social setting, in a social gathering, it is my own experience that sometimes people get uncomfortable with the quietness. Or they will say, why are you not talking? Is something wrong? Is something on your mind? You know, they, a mind which is very active and engaged all the time cannot comprehend how somebody else 
is the polaric opposite of that. So it kind of projects that something is wrong with this person because he is not speaking or he is perceived as being snobbish. In being quiet, it is a great gift because the screen of talking is kind of moved aside and pure presence shines through because Invariably, a lot of our social talk is for approval, for validation, identification with certain aspects of our lives which we want to tell others about because we derive our sense of self from that. In the ancient days of India, the mantras, you know, the, the potency of the mantra was derived from the fire of the tongue. That is why when a sage would pronounce a mantra, it was so potent that it could knock someone down who was 20 feet away. That potency of speech was, was not frittered away by the sage. The value of that was known. That is really the potency of the tongue. In this uh, Tibetan course which I had practiced, one of their tenets was, guard your tongue. Be careful what you say. Do not fritter away that energy. And it is quite a spiritual practice to guard one's tongue. Especially in our daily living, it's so much that we are consumed by, so much content, so much information comes our way, so many people we interact with. But there is a tremendous potency not realized in speech. The famous saying, be still and know I am God, it points to the same thing. So much goes on in our own bodies, quietly, the blood is circulating, we are breathing in and out, it is done in quietness, life goes on in quietness. In deep sleep one is quiet. The most peaceful we are 
in deep sleep when we don't exist in the sense we don't know that we exist. The identified consciousness of the waking state is become the impersonal consciousness in the deep sleep state. And that is what is referred to as the peace of deep sleep. Otherwise, we would be talking in our deep sleep. But deep sleep is deep because the identified consciousness is in abeyance. And the beauty is that that does not disappear in the waking state. It's two sides of the same coin. Impersonal consciousness and identified consciousness. But the bedrock is consciousness. So a lot of conceptualizing which goes on in the waking state, there is an end to that in the deep sleep state. That is still another pointer to the value of quietness. Quietness. 